the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height filling in here this first segment for Mr. Ed Martin. I am glad to be with you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for being a loyal listener here of the Pro-America Report. There's always a lot of great things happening. So we have a great show coming up. Uh, let me uh, get into that here. But before I do, let me remind you real quick. First of all, go to ProAmericaReport.com. You can also go to PhyllisLafley.com. There you will find the ability to do a few different things. First of all, you'll see all of the podcasts, the standalones, show notes, with links. Uh, if someone had an article or a book or anything else that you heard about, likely we have linked to it. So head back over there at uh, ProAmericaReport.com. You will find all of that information as well as you will get the ability to sign up for the email list, uh, which it is an email list you want to be on. I guarantee it. Uh, because among a few other things, you will get the daily wink, uh, what you need to know email first thing in the morning into your inbox, 7 a.m. Central Time. And it's going to be one of the best daily emails you could get. You know why? It'll be short and to the point. It will tell you things that matter, uh, and it will not bog you down with a lot of other things. Uh, well, not that don't, that don't matter, but other things that may be of less importance. Uh, because out of the host of a good available emails out there, many of which I subscribe to myself, a lot of them get a little bit long, a little bit lengthy. And if you're trying to keep it short and crisp, but still uh, wake up first thing and find out what you need to know, this is a good one. Go and get on it. ProAmericaReport.com. Uh, also, PhyllisSchlafly.com. You will find all those archives of the shows and standalones from the past. Uh, but we've got a great show today, and uh, we'll dive right in here to the first segment, What You Need to Know. Before we get there, though, let me go ahead and tell you we've got uh, two great interviews. Gavin Pepper uh, is going to join us. He's an independent candidate for office in Ireland. Obviously, Ireland and uh, protests in Dublin uh, sparked around the immigration debate have uh, taken over our screens this week. That's going to be a really fantastic interview. I'm looking forward to hearing from him. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to be joined by John Schlafly, uh, who is a regular on the program. He will be here this week to discuss and deliver the weekly Schlafly Report, the column he writes with his brother Andy Schlafly, uh, two sons of Phyllis Schlafly, uh, whom uh, Ed and I worked for both uh, w during her life. But uh, this week they're talking about the widening revolt against globalism. In fact, I'm pretty sure we're going to be touching on uh, Dublin there as well and what's happening in Ireland. So we're going to take, uh, take a trip across the pond today uh, and see what's happening in uh, these two places. So Gavin Pepper, John Schlafly, good uh, guests here on the program today. But that actually dovetails into what I wanted to lead with here today into the what you need to know. And I know that we've talked quite a bit this week 
about the anniversary, the 200th anniversary of the Monroe Doctrine. Uh, that's obviously coming up here Saturday, December the 2nd, uh, the 200th anniversary. The first time the Monroe Doctrine was uh, really uh, put forward into public, was uh, kind of articulated and set down. President uh, Monroe at that time, his uh, Secretary of State, I believe, John Quincy Adams, was also a big part of authoring that. But this policy, we've talked quite a bit about it this week. I don't need to rehash it. The uh, preventing of foreign influence uh, and encroachment into this hemisphere. It has a very interesting uh, take, and, and actually, I'm gonna we're gonna post um, a uh, we're gonna post a, a link here. I want to include this. We'll put it on social media. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Ed was actually on um, Steve Bannon's War Room earlier this morning. Talked about this about the uh, bicentennial celebration. Which, uh, by the way, we had a bicentennial celebration indeed at the Phyllis Laffley Center today in Washington D.C. We had a birthday cake and everything, and uh, celebrating what this means. And as we have been talking about all week. This may be a policy uh, or a proposition that is 200 years old, but it still has some incredible ramifications, usefulness, pertinence to us today here in America. Uh, Particularly, one of those things that has been set forward uh, is the encroachment of China, communist China, into every corner of the world, the Belt and Road Initiative, TikTok. I mean, you name it, from uh, more traditional economics to the modern era of new media and communication platforms. The reach of China is absolutely incredible. It is something for us to be aware of and to be looking at. Uh, but I am reminded of an, another part, and I, I'm not—I don't mean to be stretching here. This isn't really the Monroe Doctrine per se, but this—this this is a very interesting piece of this as we talk about um, why this matters, why it's so important, uh, why it's so important. Uh, articulating the the desire for us to keep foreign influence out of America. Let me put this down this week. Many of you probably heard the news yesterday. Um, and if you didn't, here, here you go. You're hearing it now. Henry Kissinger passed away at, at the age of 100 years old. Now, um, say what you will, Henry Kissinger had an incredibly storied uh, career. He was attached to so much at the up uh, at the, the top levels of American politics, particularly in foreign policy, uh, over decades and decades and so many presidential administrations. And uh, his legacy, as incredible it is just to consider the the breadth and the length of it and how many f- places he was connected into, it, it really is pretty uh, devastating when you look at the you know, the globalist policies, the uh, very expansive um, connections that he involved America in or that he purported uh, or not purported that he um, ad- advocated for the policies that he put forward and and kind of maneuvered presidential administrations into. And it really does go against um, some very key things like George Washington's admonition in his uh, farewell address to avoid foreign entanglements, the Monroe Doctrine's um, uh, advice and uh, set forth policy to uh, prevent foreign intervention and foreign encroachment into our hemisphere. When you look at Henry Kissinger's career, it is astronomically different than these two fundamentally, uh, foundationally American principles. And it's really interesting to consider where we are now. Now, l- let me put it this way. Here's here's what you need to know, and, and this is what I'll say. This is tied uh, a lot of it to Henry Kissinger, but here's, here's the quick statement. What you need to know is sovereignty is not isolationism. Let's not conflate the two and don't be pigeonholed by people who would like to 
you know, make all of these things confusing. And this is something we, we talk quite a bit about. The left is very good at trying to, in, in a manner of deflecting or trying to get their point across or simply just trying to confuse people. They are very good at burying everything in word salad and just confusing and muddying the waters and walking away. And that is one thing that has been done in this regard. They have so much turned uh, the, the phrase isolationism or are attempting to turn the phrase isolationism into some sort of dirty word, some sort of uh, epithet to be hurled at someone. Oh, you're just an isolationist. You know, you, you Ron Paul fan, you. And that's not what the majority of us who want to follow Washington's advice, uh, who want to follow and respect the Monroe Doctrine, that is not what we're looking for. We are not looking to completely section ourselves off from the world, to cut ourselves off from friends and allies, from partnerships or, or trade deals or uh, trade and communications with other nations. That, that is not what we are advocating for. Sovereignty, a proper understanding of sovereignty, means that the ideals uh, put at the base of this nation, the ideals upon which we were founded are incredibly important, and we must not water them down by allowing foreign encroachment in to change the dynamic of our government, to change the dynamic of our citizenry in drastic and very um, specific and malicious ways like communist China is trying to do to us even now. And we must not stretch ourselves thin in going and putting our feet into all of these foreign conflicts and affairs, into all of these foreign deals and free trade and all of the different things that, and I know I'm, I'm wrapping a lot of phrases together here, but all of these things weaken the state of our nation because we we cease to focus on keeping ourselves strong and uh, economically keeping ourselves strong culturally keeping ourselves strong uh, governmentally so that we are uh, uh, our own house is in order and if we do not have our own house in order, if we do not have sound fiscal policy, sound and limited government, a prosperous economy, a free citizenry, then we are in no position to do any good to anyone else in the world. And yet, time after time after time, uh, folks like Henry Kissinger and other bad actors who have moved us in the wrong directions have weakened the United States, uh, putting us in foreign involvement all over the globe, uh, and they have allowed foreign encroachment to come here to our shores. This is why the border is so important. This is why our digital footprint is so important. Uh, this is why foreign conflicts right now and the extent to which we get involved in them is so important. Do not let the left, do not let the Kissinger apologists hurl the phrase isolationist at you or change the definition of this or that or the other. Understand that American sovereignty is important. National sovereignty is key. Without sovereignty, there is no nation. And I think that you and I both want to see the preservation of our American nation move forward to continue to be a beacon of freedom and hope and prosperity and help to the world. There is no way to do that if we let them erode and destroy our sovereignty. Don't let them pigeonhole you. Don't let them confuse the issue. As we trot out all of the uh, long and storied career of Henry Kissinger, this is a good opportunity to remember sovereignty is not isolationism. Don't let the left fool us. So that's what you need to know today. And we're going to get right into to it come back here after the break we're going to have gavin pepper and then after that john schlafly and i'll be back to actually wrap up the show thank you for being with us here on the pro america report don't forget go to proamericareport.com get all the podcasts and standalone segments and stick around we will be right here after the break for more of the pro america report
Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And, well, Pro-America, well, pro, I think pro-nation. Maybe that's what we'll do now because our next guest is a fascinating gentleman. I got uh, I got noticed, I got a text from someone saying, hey, check out Gavin Pepper. And he uh, he is in Ireland and he's now running for office. He's an independent candidate because he's seen what they did in the neighborhood right where that stabbing occurred, the Muslim that stabbed those kids. And uh, he's a working guy, working class guy, and he's decided that he's uh, going to run. And so welcome, Gavin Pepper. How are you? How are you doing, Ed? Lovely to talk to you. And how's America today? It's doing fine. It's doing fine. We're inspired by you guys that are stepping up in Ireland to say we've had enough. But uh, so tell me, first of all, where is it that you live? Where did this stabbing occur? What's the neighborhood like? What are the people like? Right, so me personally, I live in Finglas. It's a working class area, suburb area of Dublin, right. you know, where we look after each other. But the, where the stabbing happened, that happened in Parnell Square in the city centre um, of Dublin, which is like, okay. it's a tourist place, but it was, a, it was a Gale school, an Irish school there. And the kids were coming out of school and this individual had been waiting there uh, for a while. And when the kids came out, he stabbed the kids. He stabbed one of the kids' carers. And that one of the kids is in a serious condition in the hospital, as is the carer. Like, it's it's absolutely horrendous. And then later on, you know, uh, when everybody found out about it, people were going in and then the city turned in, like, it turned into anarchy that night. But the, the reality of it is, is the media in Ireland is very, very censored. I called for a peaceful protest for 7 p.m. and I had to delete my tweet in relation to it because people were already in there when I got in there and they were caught, like, it was anarchy. It was like anarchy when I was in there. And um, the reality of it is, is the media in Ireland is one-sided, Ed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's biased. It's it's real. It's kind of communist. Like, you feel like you live in North Korea living in Ireland these days. We don't have a proper democracy, a functioning democracy. And this mass migration that's going on in their country is shocking. Like it's, they've brought in over 100,000 in the last, what, 12 months? Two years. Last two years, we brought in over 100,000 people and the crime rates have gone up. The attacks have gone up. It's just shocking and the media just keep covering it all up. Like they're just not reporting it properly and if you say anything, you're called a far-right racist or an agitator and believe it or not, with the hate speech laws that we're bringing in, in the doll yesterday, I was called a far-right agitator in the doll chamber by a politician. Because wow. I, uh, yeah, by a politician in the doll, you, you had to look it up and you'll see it. his name is Paul Movie. You, you you were called that? You were, That was you? I was called that. He said, Gavin Pepper, like, we, like, they were trying to say I was one of the organizers of the trouble like, that, that night, which I wasn't. But, you know, this is this particular, and he's a far-left politician in Dublin, you know? And, wow. It, it, this is what's going on. They don't want you to get traction. So the way Dublin is gone, the way Ireland is gone, is they don't want people like me, Eddie, to get elected because that 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 would be I'm a working class person. They, these are these are bringing these people in for a low paid hospitality sector. The TITC had a meeting last Monday where they were talking about Vision Twenty Forty, right? Right, right, for the tourism sector, yeah, and the hospitality sector. So this is what this is about. These are bringing these immigrants in here, and they want to keep the wages low. You know, like they'll never. They, they, they don't even, we don't have the room for these. We've taught in thousand Irish homeless families 
We've 4,000 Irish homeless kids. We have people on the street in tents, right? So to put it into perspective, Ed, you have veterans on the street because you have an immigration problem. And then the immigrants are getting treated better than the vets that are on your street. Like, it's the same here in Dublin. That makes no sense to me. We need to be looking after our own people. And the problem is that it's going on too long. Ed, and now they're bringing in hate speech bills so we can't speak out. And they're telling you we're restricting it for your own good. We yeah. want to restrict your freedom of speech for your well, own good. And, 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 and so we're talking with Gavin Pepper. And Gavin, you, you, you drive a taxi cab, yeah? I'm a taxi driver. I drive a wheelchair taxi to take wheelchair passengers. I take um, ch- children with special needs to school every day. Okay, so so, but people that are listening have to remember Dublin has a population of about 1.5 million people, and Ireland's population, the, the, I think, the whole of Ireland is what maybe is it five point five yeah. five, it's five point four I think million. We so, took in to, it's a thirty percent increase in a single generation. Right, right. That's what I was going to say. It's not you know if you say a hundred thousand come into the in America we have three hundred and thirty million people. So you say a hundred thousand doesn't sound well, but if you have only five five and a half million people and you're, you're talking about a hundred thousand, but Gavin Pepper's our guest again. He's running as an independent candidate in uh, Dublin in Ireland. Um, what is the what are people what are they most angry about? Is it do they realize that it's the money from Brussels and the and that that is one of the factors? Do they and do they recognize that? Do they do they feel like it's a, a disrespect for their own family? I mean, Irish are proud people, right? So, what is it that's at the heart of this? That's at the heart of it is the safety of the women and children across the country. Like the citizens are no longer safe. Like uh, like a uh, uh, Muslim immigrant also kills two gay men down the country. Um, he beheaded them, you know. Um, also, another man, Joseph uh, Puskett, another man, he killed uh, Fiddler. She replaced the fiddle, Ashlyn Murphy, when she was out having a jog. And the media in Ireland reported, right, they reported before, a year ago on the case, that Ashlyn died of strangulation. But it actually came out in court that she was stabbed 11 times in the neck. So the media said then when you were called out about this, oh, well, sometimes you have to, you know, we're not allowed to report everything. You tried to say it in a different way. They, they, they hit it, you know, and that's because, so how are we meant to feel when the media and the government are in colluding? Like the RTE got bailed out by the government by 58 million. That's what's going on in the country. It's a state broadcasting service and we can't speak out against it. And we need to, we need to fight back on this. Like, you know, we need America's help on this. We, like, we, we need you to help on this. We need you to speak out and back us up on this. What does uh, Gavin Peppers, our guest, is running for uh, running for the legislature and a taxi driver um, uh, uh, drives actually handicapped kids and handicapped adults? Uh, um, what do you guys think of what you're seeing in America, though? I mean, it's bad enough in Europe to see Paris burn, but you would have thought America had sort of, uh, you know, the American flag and the red, white and blue. And you probably thought we had it figured out. Uh, what do you think when you look across the way? Well, it's it, it's not great over there either. You know, the, it, it, like the, the problem is. In America, it's the Democrats. You know that that's the problem. Like the Republicans care more about people, and it's it's kind of back and forward. Like it's like goes in Ireland though. We we just the opposition and the doll are the same as the government did. You know they they go on the same way. In America, um, you you need to need to get like a Republican back in power because you need free market capitalism to create jobs and wealth and take people out of poverty. 
And that's what pays for social programs. Well, what do you what do you what do you think about a guy like Trump when you look up and see Trump? Look at Trump's Trump is the right man. He like he like what was the unemployment rate in America was the lowest in history when Donald Trump was the president, wasn't it? Yeah. No wars. You know what I mean? And, and look at Joe Biden, sleepy Joe. He walking around with his head backwards. And now he's an Irish American, but he, he's like what, what he's he's doing a bad job. He's doing a very bad job. And the problem is Europe we're having this problem as well. And we need you as a help though. We need we need massive change. Will will will, uh, will McGregor um become one of the leaders, you think? Well look at he's speaking out now, which is great to see. Um probably, hopefully, you know, he's speaking out. And what we need, though, you see, what we need to be telling you, what we need to be telling you is you need to be telling your citizens not to come to Ireland on holiday until it's safe, because Ireland is no longer a safe city. It's not safe for their people, let alone the people of the United States of America. Yeah. And that, that hurts my business because I'm a taxi driver and a lot of my people yeah. that are getting the car are American tourists. Right. So that's how serious this is. Another thing you have to do is when Irish politicians are going over to you on Patrick's Day with the green shamrocks, I think you need to stop giving them money. Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil, all these politicians looking for money yet, you need to stop giving them it because this is what's going on. Yeah. Four and a half million Sinn Féin in three years ago were given from America. Hmm. Well, hey, uh, amazingly, uh, the time flies uh, fast. Gavin Pepper, we're, we're encourage you in standing up for your nation, and we will too. It's good advice you gave us, and we'll have you back on the show. Keep in close touch, uh, and thank you, and God bless what you're doing. Thank you, and God bless America, and say a prayer for us over here, you know what I mean? Because we say a prayer for the kids, the, 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 them children in the hospital that were the, 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 for last week, there's a child still in serious care. So say a prayer for them, because we need God on our side. That's 100% the fact. There you go. All right, Gavin Pepper, thank you uh, for coming on. Uh, inspirational and uh, fantastic. Uh, we have to take a break, though. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Well, it's better. It's better to be lucky than good. And of course, I'm both. And so John Schlafly's weekly column, the headline is widening revolt against globalism. It opens the the photograph that he and his brother Andy chose. I believe that's uh, Dublin. And he uh, writes about this. uh, this broad daylight attack in Dublin. And as you know, if you're hearing John Schlafly right now, just moments ago, I interviewed Gavin Pepper, a taxi driver from Dublin who is now running for the legislature. He was one of the people who said, we've had enough. Let's get together. He as he said, uh, you know, we talked off offline, the organizers of the gathering to say we've had enough. None of them wanted violence. He said, you know, don't tell me about that. He said, but we do want our voices heard. And his name has been said on the floor of their parliament they've been complaining about him so he's at the center of things and now we have john schlafly who's writing a column about this topic and others so welcome back john how are you well good ed and you know globalism of course one major aspect of globalism is migration because the globalists believe in free migration around the world and that's what we're seeing well we're seeing it in the united states of course you know it's totally uncontrolled and unrestricted but ireland is a small country um, you know, I, 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 you know, um, the United States is about uh, what 
50 times bigger than Ireland. Yeah. They've taken in hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people to Ireland, and they're not assimilating. And uh, this particular attack, which, uh, you know, the, elect, the elected leadership, as far as I can tell, no one in the elected leadership from the prime minister on down has even condemned the horrible attack on a five-year-old school child who, last I checked, was still in critical condition. Right. Instead, they're attacking the ordinary citizens of Dublin who protested. Yeah. Well, well even, had- even, even you, John, if I can say, in your first paragraph, John Schlafly's we're talking to, this shocking knife attack last week on children in broad daylight in Dublin was horrifying. You write, five people, including a five-year-old girl, two other youngsters, and a woman randomly stabbed and slashed by an assailant outside the primary school named whatever, however you say that in, in, in Gaelic. But, John... I, I, and I don't know. Were you shying away? It's not an assailant. It's an immigrant, a migrant from Africa who is just not assimilating, as you point out, to Ireland. And to pretend it's any different, that's what they did. We, you know, it's like when, as soon as you see in America that there's a school shooting, they, they tell you it's a white boy as soon as they can. If they don't, then you know, if they say nothing about the uh, attacker, then you know it's probably an African-American, probably something else. So, But, John, I, I want to ask you this. You have followed in the tradition of your mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly. When you write these columns, you're trying to convey a, a po- set of policy positions in politics, but in the moment we're in. And six years ago, when the uh, the girl was murdered on the pier in San Francisco, uh, God help me, I can't remember her name right now. You'll you'll get it for me. And she was stabbed. It caught the imagination of the American people. You didn't have to. Uh, Kate, is it K- Kate Steinley? Kate, Kate- Steinley. Yeah, Kate Steinley, it captured our imagination to say we've had enough. And I think maybe this Dublin attack for the world is just we've had enough. And I think that's important to try to capture the moment in something that everyone can go, what? They're stabbing five-year-old girls? How does this, how can this happen? Well, I hope you're, I I hope it draws greater attention. But again, the, uh, all of the, People with access to the media, including all the politicians and the regular news media, have simply tried to shut it down. They have not identified the name of the person who is who the suspect is or what his national origin is. Uh, and uh, they have not said he's an immigrant. Now, on social media, people say that, which is likely true, but that's, there's no official acknowledgement of that, nor they identified the name of the schoolgirl either. So we don't have names. And uh, no one has stepped forward except uh, that apparently it was another immigrant, a Brazilian, who was the hero of the day. This didn't make it into the column, but a Brazilian immigrant uh, apparently wrestled the Algerian attacker and kept it from getting worse. And oh. And and the uh, the MMA star Conor McGregor, who is uh, you know he's a household word word in Ireland, Conor McGregor, and he you know praised uh, that guy for his quick work in putting a stop to what could have been worse. And people are talking about running Conor McGregor for office. 
But well, the, the guy, the, the, the Brazilian's lucky. The Brazilian's lucky if he had had a gun or something, he'd be arrested. You know, and he was America, yeah. he'd be arrested for for be, you know for being a good Samaritan. So, but John, in in your column, you tick off a number of these other examples. Uh, what ha- vote? A vote that happened in Spain where uh, more conservatives surged. Uh, I'd say populists. Italy, Greece, Turkey, Finland, Argentina. Uh, kind of a landslide. Nobody really saw coming. Uh, now, John. Why isn't this like the Tea Party, which the powers that be waited out the energy and it never really changed things? Or why isn't it like 2016, where Trump won a term, but they came back around and and took him out in 2020? In other words, is this just a pendulum going back and forth? No, I think any of these things could be a spark. And we saw what happened in Argentina and a half a dozen other countries. Uh, uh and uh, all what happened in Italy, uh, but that seems to have, you know, that was a little bit disappointing, uh, and other countries. But the main thing, of course, is the United States. And the question is, really, is why is the, you know, six, seven, eight, nobody million, nobody knows quite the right number of people who've crossed the southern border of the United States and then have been redistributed all over the United States, why is that not attracting more furious reaction than it has? Yes, we've seen what happened in New York, where 100,000 of those people ended up in New York, and the mayor of New York is objecting to that because he's run out of space. But that still leaves eight or nine million people who are, we don't really know where they are. Now, both Donald Trump and uh, Ron DeSantis have said that when they are elected president, if they are elected president, they're going to remove them all. Uh, first, they have to find out where they are. It's a big job. and um, But spark for a new Tea Party is needed. We've seen what happened at Trump rallies. Uh, we saw what happened when Donald Trump showed up at the big football game in South Carolina uh, all he had to do was to walk in the middle of the stadium, and the whole crowd went wild. So it wasn't even a rally. It was just people attending a football game. And, uh, you know, nearly 100,000 people in the stadium. The Associated Press, of course, lied about that. They said there were a few boos, too. But I didn't hear any boos. I don't think there were any boos. No. Uh, it, uh, it was it, cheering. It, uh, I don't think so either, John. And I, I think... Um... Um, but so back and, to and of course, go ahead. the state where Nikki Haley was the governor once upon a time. Right. And all of the, uh, you know, the big money people, including the latest being uh, 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 the Koch brothers and, and Jamie Dimon, brothers, J- Jamie Dimon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not going to happen. I mean, those those people have got a lot of money. But, you know, I thought they we used to think they had a little smarts, too. But to jump on the. Nikki Haley, Haley at this late date? No, that's not going to happen. That's uh, a lot of money down the drain. John, I just have a, I just have a minute uh, or a minute and a half to go, which is I know is terrible to do to you. We're talking with John Schlafly. His column, of course, is archived at phyllisschlafly.com. He and his brother. You said, uh, we hope it's a spark for the Tea Party. Um, I, and I, I hear you and I feel it. Um, the, the fear I have is it, it, it doesn't seem to sustain. I hate to do this to you, but we've talked about it before. It's like education reform. Everybody's for it. They want it. And then they get distracted. It's like everybody's for closing the border and then they get distracted and they don't do it. 
Well, let's don't forget the Tea Party did result in uh, a change in control of the Congress, House of Representatives in two successive years in 2010, 2012, and then the Senate in 2014. Now, that was three successive years in which the Tea Party instigated those tremendous uh, victories in our Congress. So, you know, the Tea Party did have an effect, despite the Obama administration trying to deplatform them with the, the IRS. But so we haven't really seen that uh, in the last couple of years, but there's still time for that to happen. Next yeah. Year. All right, John Schlafly, I got to go. I'm out of time. John Schlafly, everybody, as always, insightful. His columns are great. Uh, go to phyllisschlafly.com and see him archived there. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. The supposed standard for child custody in family court is the best interest of the child. The Vermont Supreme Court has now extended that to also include the best interest of the family dog. While a Vermont couple was getting a divorce, an issue that came before the court was custody of their German pointer dog, Belle. Both individuals had a strong emotional tie to Belle and a record of good care. The husband is a veterinarian, and he had treated the dog like a dog, while the wife treated the dog like a child. So according to the judge's personal dog opinions, the husband got custody of the dog. Since the court applied a best interest analysis, it explained the difference between child and dog custody under the law. In both cases, the judge can override the rights of adults and even reject agreements that the couple may have signed. The difference, according to the Vermont court, is that the legislature has given the family court judge authority to play a continuing role in supervising a child's parents, but no continuing authority to micromanage dog care, or as the court says, the care and sharing of a companion animal. In other words, the court treats a parent like a child and a dog owner like an adult. Asking judges to decide the best interest is causing more and more mischief. Using judges and bureaucrats to override parental authority used to be just a left-wing fantasy. But so many people have been bamboozled by the slogan, best interest of the child, that it is rare for even conservatives to oppose it. Marriage and family are not just being redefined to suit the gays and lesbians. Marriage is being redefined to kill family autonomy and parental rights and to bring child-rearing under the supervision of government so-called experts and judges. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome back here to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height stepping in here at the end of the show. Going to fill in real quick, lead us out of the program today on behalf of Ed, and uh, we will uh, dive right in. I got actually, uh, well, first of all, thank you for being with us. This is a great show. Two great guests I was really excited about and I was not disappointed by. Uh, and let me uh, remind you, you liked those guests. You want to send them on to your uh, friends and family and coworkers and all the contacts that you have, your sphere of influence. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. You will find the archives of of all of our podcasts, all of our standalone segments, the individual guests. You can also find all of the links to their books and writings and the topics that they're talking about. You'll also be able to sign up for the email list, which brings the wink, brings the what you need to know into your inbox every morning, along with a very few links that are going to be pertinent to your day. Uh, go over there, ProAmericaReport.com and sign up. But uh, let's let's wrap it up here. I wanted to bring something up that was actually brought to my attention. I saw that the tweet had uh, come out from uh, Joe Biden, not the uh, POTUS account, the Joe Biden account. So this is the private one, the campaign one, not the government one, supposedly. Uh, But uh, this tweet from Joe Biden has absolutely taken off. Uh, This is uh, just a few hours old at this point. uh, And this let let, let me just let me read the tweet to just not leave any room for error. And then we're going to address this because it has just gone uh, bonkers with many more millions of metrics and thousands of replies and thousands of retweets. And they they are not all positive. In fact, most of them are not positive. It's fairly funny that this tweet actually has a community note, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Joe Biden tweets a few hours ago. Let me be clear. I'm not going to bother trying to do the Joe Biden voice. I'm not very good at it. Uh, Although I'm better than that than the Trump voice. But I digress. Let me be clear, Joe Biden says on Twitter, or whoever's writing for Joe Biden says on Twitter, let me be clear to any corporation that hasn't brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, it's time to stop the price gouging. Give American consumers a break. Well, Joe, you got to give me a break, man. In the famous words of, you know, yourself, come on, give me a break. Give me a break. Inflation has gone down and now it's company's fault that the prices are so high. Ha! That's hilarious. In fact, it's so hilarious and outlandish and outrageous that Twitter had to even add a community note that noted as long as inflation rate is positive, prices are increasing. The fact that inflation has come down to 3.2%, and then in my parentheses, supposedly 3.2%, allegedly, uh, means that prices are still going up, albeit at a slower rate than before. Now, that's just a big fat duh. Like, we, we all know this. The political power posturing's not even smooth or or like cool and collected this is pretty basic stuff however the the litany of replies and retweets and quote tweets is absolutely astronomically funny as people remind us all that the 7 to 9% inflation rate that keeps uh, was being quoted was a total load of hooey and this reduction to 3.2% not only on face value not being you know exactly down is also a total load of hooey Anyone out there who's been uh, paying for gas, paying for groceries, paying for cost of living, paying for uh, their their insurance bills, homeowners insurance, their real estate taxes, their auto insurance, all of those things are astronomically through the roof. I wish that we had single-digit inflation on any of those things, but the fact is, it is more like 50 to 100% across the board. That's the reality. And the prices aren't coming back down because the economic situation is no better. This is a load of garbage. And and this is one of those things that it, it, it just kind of baffles me that something like this can take off so much and people respond to it negatively. And yet there are not protests across.
across the country to remove him from office, to have him resign in disgrace or be impeached and removed from office for dereliction of duty, uh, even destroying the economy. I mean, if, if people feel so strongly about it, I'm not, don't, I'm not advocating any of these things. Hear, hear me this. I'm not saying advocating these specifically as a strategy to do or what to go and do. But if people feel so strongly as to respond and, and have such a backlash to this tweet, then where is it the rest of the time? I, I want to know that because I know that all of the time we are all the American citizens, at least the average working people. We are being crushed by absolutely mammoth inflation. And the insult to injury is these ridiculous numbers that they publish as if it meant something. It's hooey absolute hooey and it, it just yeah it, it, it i don't have a whole lot to say i just i'm getting worked up i got to bring myself back down okay so we're going to try to do that i'm bringing myself back down i heard a really staggering statistic i actually went and looked it up it turns out it is uh, true by a lot of accounts um and and as by the way as a cross-pollination ed uh was on the steak for breakfast podcast go look them up it's a fun bunch of guys he was over there talking about uh, his work with the j6 crowd the january 6th uh, patriot freedom project but one of the things they said i had to go look it up and it turns out they're right uh, it, and i'm going to soft quote the numbers here because i don't want to misquote somewhere in the neighborhood of i think it's a uh, 60 something percent of americans are using 70 percent of their monthly income to cover housing transportation and basic necessities like food think about that well more than half of america is using 70 percent of their monthly income just to cover housing transportation and food and basic necessities this is incredible we are absolutely on the brink of economic disaster. And when I say on the brink, frankly, I feel like we're free falling off the cliff for a lot of people. But we got to turn this around and it can't just be a big reaction to one tweet. We have got to understand these people are lying to us and then we have to say so and make sure everyone else sees it and knows it too. Infl- the emperor has no clothes and inflation is certainly not at 3.2%. Let's be abundantly clear. So let's take that away from this. Uh, maybe that's an action item. Maybe it's just a wrap up. Uh, but there you go. I wanted to make sure that you, I brought that to your attention and we also made a big, uh, a big sweeping point on it that needs to be made. Uh, something we should all be mad about and doing something about. But we'll end it there. Thank you for being with us today on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for being around. Thank you to Ed for leading the show, for a couple of great guests there, for our guests for joining us. Thank you to Mason, my co-producer, for helping me keep all the things on time each and every day. And thank you to you for listening. It was a great show today. We look forward to the next one tomorrow. Go to ProAmericaReport.com to catch all of the podcasts. And we will see you right back here tomorrow on the Pro-America Report. Have a good night, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth 
whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.